Hello and welcome to The Huddle. It's quarterfinals time at the Tokyo Olympics. The Boomers are playing Argentina. The draw is in and I've got my man Jeff Taylor coming on to break it down with me. FIBA commentator, you know him as the voice of FIBA. He's not calling these Olympics, but you've heard him on so many campaigns and uh, he knows the international game. He knows the Boomers and he's coming on to break it all down with me. So sit back, relax. Up next, Jeff Taylor. All right, Jeff Taylor is here. He's with me and the draw is in. The quarterfinals for the men's side of the Tokyo Olympics basketball have been set. The boomers taking on Argentina. And, uh, mate, that was, that was new and different and kind of tense and nerve-wracking all at the same time. It, it really was. Um, you know, Australia, I, I sensed that nobody really in Australia wanted to face Spain. Um, I think to get all Argentina, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good matchup for them, but, um, I like it because, you know, there have been suspicions or questions over the years about teams, maybe trying to position themselves to, to face other teams, uh, once the knockout, uh, round starts. So I think the fact that it's kind of a little more unpredictable, it's, it's better. And, um, you know, this year, especially with uh, the quality, in my opinion, of this tournament, the balance, I don't think it really matters. I think it's, uh, you know, we've got four great quarterfinals and you need to win three games. And if, if, if you're afraid of anybody at this stage, you're not good enough uh, to be on the podium and you're certainly not good enough to win a championship. I think that's, that's really true. Although I don't know what you're talking about, about the manipulating. I think Angola is tough. Just, <laughs> they've always always been really tough Goran Dragic don't at me um, <laughs> I mean it's good I like this new system this is a I think this is you know it takes away any of all of that you have that last game of the of the whole knockout round this evening which was an unbelievable game to watch Slovenia taking on Spain and they were going all out you know to try to get into that that top pot um, to, you know, to have a better seed and a better opportunity heading into the quarterfinals. And that's, that's what we want. So I think all in all, you know, there was some kind of mystery and secrecy for some of us uh, about the draw, not being, you know, we weren't able to see it, but full of, you know, it was uh, the room full of media and, and, and hundreds of media watching on online as well. And I think overall, it's a, it's a big win in terms of a change of a system to establish these matchups. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the funny thing is uh, with Germany uh, taking on Slovenia, you know, Slovenia, you know, you look on the face of it and you're like, wow, you know, they certainly are happy Slovenia. But I'm telling you right now, you better not sleep on Germany because this is a team that, in my opinion, has, has gelled, has played very well. And, you know, having watched them play Australia, that they play hard. And, mm. and um, I, you know what, Doncic is incredible. Uh, the Slovenians have, have raised their game, uh, I think, because of Luka Doncic being in the team. But you, know, you take Doncic out of that lineup and uh, in any other summer, and this Germany team I don't think is afraid of anybody. So I really am fascinated by this tournament. I was fascinated before the Olympics. 
it has not only lived up to the hype, it has surpassed the hype. Uh, I'm really excited uh, to see Italy, to see Slovenia, to see, to see Germany, all winners of FIBA Olympic qualifying tournaments make it to, to the final eight. Um, you know, Liam, I'm, I'm excited about France because, mm. gosh, this doesn't look like France. You know, France usually looks like the team that never plays up to its potential, mm -hmm. uh, but they look like they could win it. Um, so, you know, and I, I actually picked Australia to win not only this Olympics, but the last World Cup. Mm -hmm. And I, feel, I felt pretty good about it then in 2019. When you look back at that semifinal, you know, they weren't that far off from getting to the final. I mean, mm -hmm. we all know, you know, how, how that panned out. Um, I'm, not, I'm not feeling as good about that pick right now just because of the way Slovenia have played. I just think it's wide open. I think it's a great Olympic tournament. Uh, also, the, fa the fact that Bogut's not there, probably, you know, could have been there, might have been there if it had have been la held last year. The Baines injury, I think that, you know, gives all of us a whole lot of pause. But we've drawn Argentina. And, you know, we haven't had a lot of great luck in in matchups and in the draw over the journey, to be honest. I mean, for a lot of time for the boomers, um, we would draw the U S in the quarterfinals. That's just how it happened time and time again. And we got knocked out and then, yeah. And then we had, I mean, this is my, I might cry at some points as we talk through some of this <laughs> because I mean, this is a, but for the general kind of sports fans here in Australia, they're, they're enjoying watching this boomers run in this, in this Olympics tournament. But for the, for the people here for whom ball is life, for the, for the hoops heads that have been following this team for a long time, this, it is a, it is an exciting, but also really nerve wracking, stressful time because of all of that heartbreak. You know, and I think you are one person outside of Australia who would understand and can understand what, you know, that team and Patty and Joe and Deli and that core group and all of us cheering them on and supporting them have endured over the time. And, and this, I'm talking about the boomers over forever, but, but particularly in this more recent period of time. And it goes, for me, it goes oh. back to that, oh. that yeah. Prelzik shot in 2014 yeah. where we thought we finally had the quarterfinal matchup to get into the medal rounds and we got knocked out and it's been just absolute heartbreak ever since then and and now here we are we have a matchup against Argentina who are good really good but eminently beatable to get back into that to top four bracket and have another swing yeah. Well, first of all, let's not forget Prelzic hit two big three-pointers in that game, oh including God. one late. And uh, by all accounts, there was a little bit of uh, trashing of the locker room in Australia after that game. That yeah. was a huge disappointment, understandably. Um, but what I also remember were, A, from Rio, the tears. I remember mm. absolutely the, the crying from mm. Australia. Uh and why not? You know, it's the Olympics. It's the Olympic dream. And, you know, but, you know, they, they just didn't show up to play Serbia before that. So, um, and then 2019, it was within their grasp. And I am a huge Andre Lomanis fan. But the only thing he got wrong, in my opinion, was, you know, he had so many games. You didn't play enough guy. You didn't play Sobi enough. You need, you know, 
Pat Mills was uh, just exhausted by the end of that. So, mm. um, yeah, in 2000, you know, that was my first Olympics that I went to. And, uh, you know, there was so, so much hype and expectation and uh, they just didn't, they didn't get it done there either. But um, Argentina are one of the great national teams. And to be honest, you know, all that matters and I, and I mean this genuinely, all that matters is an Olympic tournament is that you survive and, and you advance. And you want to be playing your best basketball deeper in the tournament. You don't, you know, in, in a perfect world, you want to play your best basketball for the entire tournament. But Argentina are a dangerous team. We all know they're a dangerous team. I mean, let's be honest, they, they made it to the final of the FIBA Basketball World Cup in 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're not as bad as their 18-point defeat to Slovenia, even though they trailed by as many as 30 points in that game. Uh, they're not as bad as, uh, in my opinion, as their, as their loss to Spain. Um, and now, here they are. Uh, Hernandez, the coach, has surely coached in these positions many times. You know, it's not like this is the same Argentina team that's going up against the USA in the last Olympics with, you know, maybe you could say they had more star power in that Argentina team with Ginobili, with Nocioni. But in some respects, this is a better Argentina team. Uh, it just seems like the playing field has been leveled somewhat. And um, so, yeah, this this is a dangerous, a dangerous game with uh, Campazzo, with Scola at 41. He doesn't look like a 41 year old right now. I mean, he looks pretty thin, fit, strong. And uh, Brasino, all of these guys, uh, you don't know. I mean, they can all go off at any one time and they're going to play very intelligent basketball. I, I'm impressed, though, by Australia. I really am. I, I'm just worried. Uh, the impact of losing Baines, uh, mm -hmm. maybe not so much in this game, but maybe down the road. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm really encouraged by Australia. I, I mean, Gorge looks like a different coach and yeah, he, he understands his personnel. I love the faith that he is, he's had in uh, Exum and Dante mm -hmm. Exum, whose father, by the way, was at UNC when I was there. So that just goes to show how old I am. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you that Dante's better than his dad was, but his, right. his dad was, his dad was a good player. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see him with his ag aggressive attack minded philosophy. I'm talking about uh, Dante mm. um, Matisse. Would he have been in that team? Had they played last year? I don't know. I mean, for me, this guy's is a great player and with Australia, you have to, you have to talk about the players like Nick Kay uh, and, and Landell, but especially Nick Kay, who, I mean, this guy is Mr. Anonymous. If you don't know international basketball, who is he? Mm. And all he does is go out and do the things. He, he's like a, I, I would, I would suppose he would be a coach's dream because he does everything that he is supposed to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know yeah. that he is going to cross the T's mm. and dot the I's. Mm. And then anything he gives you on top of that is a bonus. So mm. I love this Australia team. I don't even think that Patty Mills has played at his best. And, and, and maybe that's a, a plus. Uh, whereas Ingles, Joe Ingles has looked really good. And um, who is going to get the ball in those, in those big situations now in the quarterfinals? That's the big question. And who's going to be, who's going to take those shots and, 
maybe Joe Ingles has to step up and be that guy, or, or obviously Patty Mills will be willing to be that guy. But um, it's it's very interesting. P- Patty, put it P- Patty is that guy for us, and and that, I think we we benefit from the fact of knowing in no uncertain terms that that's who we're going to and that's who we're playing off. Uh, we're playing off him off the ball, setting picks for him, spacing for him, being being ready to get him open. And we're playing off him with the ball. Um, and we saw that late in that last game against Germany when yeah. he started, he got in a takeover mode in the fourth quarter and guys were spread and in the corners and then ready to attack the rim on the cut at the exact right moment. And as Paddy got his two feet into the lane and he draw that attention, he found Nick Kay as he, as he cut that baseline and he's ready yeah. to pick it out and, and hit that open shooter. So I think we benefit from the fact of knowing that Paddy's going to be that guy for us, but certainly Joe is, is ready and willing and able to not just, I think, hit big shots in those big moments, but also just make plays. You know, he's so great at making those reads off pick and rolls and finding our guys rolling to the rim or punishing the help side defender by skipping it to the far corner for an open three. So got great confidence in those guys. When you talk about not having Aaron Baines, I mean, I think Germany smashed us on the glass the other night and that's a worry. We were able to overcome because we well and truly outplayed them in different areas, but that can... You know, against a, 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 a more quality team than Germany, maybe Argentina might be a slight step up, but certainly from there onwards, when you talk about France and the like, um, that could be our Achilles heel moving forward if we don't resolve that. And it wasn't for a lack of effort. It was just for a lack of size and strength um, and experience down there. And that's that's a little bit of a worry for me with where things are at with this squad. Yeah, you gave away 18 offensive rebounds. That's that's not that's not a good recipe uh, for success, especially against teams that if they get a second look, you know, they're going to knock it they're going to knock it down. But um yeah, and you know, like going back to Patty Mills, I mean, it just goes to show you how good he is. My expectations of him are at an elite level and the fact that he Okay, he had one iffy game against Italy where it was two of nine from deep. But but overall, I mean, he shot, what, five of eight in the first game against Nigeria. And then he was shooting 33, 33% from three-point range, which is perfectly acceptable mm-hmm. against Germany. And, and like you said, he was also creating and keeping his head up and knowing exactly when Nick Kay was going backdoor or going baseline. And, um, yeah, and I think that is an advantage. You're right. I mean – but, but the only thing is everybody else also knows that Patty Mills is, is the man. So, um, you know, other players have to be ready. And, and uh, I think, I think Australia, you know, they're, they're, they they're in a good place right now. And that, you know, so, you know, you're in a good place because, and you've got two great leaders. I mean, Ingles and Patty Mills, are you kidding me? Mm. Those guys are incredible for me. Mm. And, and so driven like that, that group is just, on a mission and and, um and it's and it's born out of out of the heartbreak that we were talking about earlier that the the loss i mean patty wasn't there but joe certainly was in in 2014 against turkey and and the 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 heartbreak in in rio with the foul that wasn't called 
uh, that sorry yeah. was called on on Patty Mills, and and we felt like we were robbed there. And then obviously the double overtime loss, and then a loss to France in in 2019. They are just driven by all of the emotion that comes from that. And you know, Patty's third in the tournament in scoring, nearly 22 points per game. His efficiency is down, but we're comfortable with him taking a high volume of shots. But what I really like is he's seventh in the tournament in assists, 5.7 yeah. a game. And he's punishing yeah. teams like Luca did today against Spain. He is punishing teams for when they they throw too much attention to him and, and bring too many bodies, step up um, and and help out as he makes plays. And I think that's that's been huge for us. If, if his, you, his, yeah, his IQ is off the charts for me. I mean, I think he just, he knows what's coming. I mean, he's, he's incredible. He really is. If you're Argentina coming into this matchup, uh, what's, what's the game plan? What's the scout? What's the script for beating the boomers in this quarterfinal and knocking us out into a playoff for fifth to eighth? Well, that's a great, that's a great question. And this is why I'm not coaching because I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the rhythm of games is always important. Um, I don't, you know, we saw Germany out rebound Australia. That's not, that's obviously a, a worry, but I think Argentina, rather than trying to take away Australia's strengths, they just need to really focus on what they need to do well, mm -hmm. which is uh, run their offense. They've got an intricate passing game, um, you know, always have, whether it's uh, um, Magnano, who's coaching, who won the gold medal in 2004, or Hernandez or Lamas, these guys run incredible offenses and, you know, knowing when to, to push it, when to stop, um, but they've got to make shots and they haven't made shots this summer like they made last year or two mm -hmm. years ago, rather at the World Cup. So, you know, if you, if you double team Pat Mills, it, you know, may, maybe the key is, uh, yeah, you try to force the ball out of his hands. Um, but even so, it's like you said, uh, Mills has been good enough to find to find his teammates. And it's really difficult to stop Ingles because he's so he's such a big, strong player. And if he's also handling the ball and you run at him, he can he can look he can look over the defender or he he knows who's going to be where at the right time. So that's it's, it's an advantage to have kind of like a point forward like Ingles uh, in that respect. So. I think for Argentina, you just got to play your best and, and hope for the best. I don't, I don't think this is the greatest Argentina, but they've now is, now is when their tournament starts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they've, they've got every chance. And when you have guards like uh, Campazzo, um, especially, uh, but you've got short guards with those, you know, other guards as well in that backcourt, um, La Provitola, you know, these are guys that can, that can, that can get hot. So that's going to be a worry for Australia. The Boomers obviously played them in a warm-up game in Las Vegas. Paddy with the game winner on the buzzer. Um, and it was Scholar that absolutely torched the Boomers that night. Kept the scoreboard ticking over and, and had Argentina within striking distance and, and a chance to win right there at the, at the end of the game. And, I mean, I think that'll be a he'll be a huge focus. You know, when it could, Landale... And, and Kay, those guys, Landale in particular, had all kinds of trouble with Scholar. I mean, it was just the picture-perfect old man 
game. <laughs> just yeah, the experience it, yeah. of Scholar. And he, he took Landale to school in the block and he just used his his go-to couple of moves to perfection. And I think that'll be the big challenge for, for our bigs is to just is to keep a handle on him in, in this matchup. Well, there's that, but there's also Gabby Deck. I mean, Deck is the player who perhaps didn't get nearly as much hype or attention before the World Cup. And when you look back at it, he was a guy that really elevated his game. And here's a player who really, I mean, he's an NBA player, mm. you know? He was playing at Madrid before that. Um, he was a huge star when he was in Argentina before he even came to Europe. And for some reason, it doesn't seem like Gabby Deck gets enough credit. So mm. there, there were moments I felt like, well, especially against Spain at the World Cup and the final for Scola where he looked his age. Uh, but he actually does look a little bit better now. Um, and I think getting the the 23 points and 10 rebounds today is going to put him in a good frame of mind. And it was really good for Campazzo as well to come out and have a good double-double today. Uh, but it's those other guys that have to contribute. It's the Brasinos who have to come out and hit their shots. Um, you know, they, they were able to you know win today without Laprovitola, you know, finding his mark. I mean, he was couldn't make a shot from the floor. He was 0 for 8. So... Mm-hmm. Whereas Gabby Deck is that one player who can do some special things. Um, I, I just, you know, part of me thinks that it might, there might be a talent issue with, with this Argentina team. I, for, for Australia, even without Bogut and even without Baines in some respects, it seems like their talent level has gone up. And that's a compliment to Exum, to Tybal, to, uh, you know, Landell, the way that he's playing, the way Kay K is better now even than he was a couple of years ago. So at some point, talent does beat you. Um, and I really do think that with Argentina, you've got Scola, Campazzo, La Provitola when he's when he's really good. Okay, but you know, Scola and Campazzo are two guys that you can pretty much depend on all the time. Everybody else is kind of a question mark for me, even Deck, Brasino, La Provitola. So they need to have everybody play well really, in my opinion, against Argent, against uh, Australia to, to have a chance. And let's hope, you know, speaking as a, a fan of the Boomers, let's hope that they're moving in the right direction and that now they're able to kind of just continue to play well. Let's, let's hope they avoid what happened in Rio, where for some unknown reason, you know, reason, they came out and they played the way they did against Serbia. Um, I don't. Did, did they ever have any, uh, a postmortem on that game? I mean, I don't know what happened in that it, game. We, it, yeah, I, you know what? That's I haven't gone back and, and watched it. it. I think it might be one that that a lot of the guys involved haven't haven't either because they just didn't they didn't show up. I mean, it was right there for the for you know an enormous opportunity. We had finally gotten back through the quarterfinals after that heartbreak in 2014, and we laid an egg in that all important moment and. You know, the guys responded terrifically in the bronze medal game and and brought it. And you know, again, we felt like we should have we should have got that medal against and that win against Spain. But you're right. I mean, and that can happen at oh, any moment. It can happen. At any moment yeah. in this tournament. And that's why I mean I, we we like this matchup. Australians of getting Argentina. We don't want to show them a lack of respect i think and we've learned that lesson from 2014 that you have to you know you you might sure. you've got the right matchup to, to to survive in advance but you still have to turn up 
and get it done. But we think like, I, I like the fact that this, this feels like reward for not yeah. slipping up at all in the group phase, getting the job done against Italy and Nigeria and Germany. And, you know, you talk about, you spoke about that 2000 Olympics, you know, that, that boomers team, they lost to Canada in the, in the first game and it was a shock. And, you know, that kind of slip up makes things tough for you moving forward. And I like the fact I look at the bracket and I think, well, France with, with their matchup with Italy and Slovenia with their matchup with Germany, as much as you say, don't sleep on Germany. And we, we know the quality of those teams. I feel like those teams that really got the job done in the group phase have been rewarded with more favorable quarterfinal matchups, which is how it should be. And then those those yeah. two teams, Spain and United States, two super high quality teams, but they each slipped up. And, you know, Spain today against Slovenia, the States earlier against France. And as a result, one of them will be gone and, <laughs> and, and, and not make it through. If... Yeah. <laughs> let, let's well, just do, before, just before you move on, just on the yeah. Spain, on the Spain, USA. I mean, Spain, it's like the worst nightmare you know it's like nightmare coming to reality because let's just turn the clock back to 2004 right. spain just really starting to come into their own unbeaten at the olympics in athens five and oh all of a sudden looking like they're going to get a medal they're going to maybe win the title and who do they get they get the usa mm-hmm. who got blown out in the first game by puerto rico who lost to lithuania they looked like a spent force they weren't together and what happened stefan marbury came out and killed them. I think he hit five threes. I mean, it was an incredible shooting performance. But and and the USA won that game one or two to ninety four. So uh, I can tell you right now that Spain are not happy that they're <laughs> playing the USA. And from Australia's standpoint, for me, you know what? Let's just let's just forget about who we're playing. You know what? You are in the quarterfinals. There are no easy games. Yes. It you want to you want to be the best. You got to beat the best. You can't be afraid of anybody. You got to mm-hmm. go for it. You got to trust in yourself. So it doesn't matter that the, if they can win this game, that they will play Spain or the USA. It doesn't matter. I mean, nobody's going to hand it to you. You got to earn it, you know? So that's, that's how I feel about it. hundred percent. Every single game in this tournament from here on out it, it is a battle Royale, you know? <laughs> I mean, it really is. That's how you have to, if we can, yeah. you, you have to take that mentality against Argentina in the quarterfinals. And then you get through that. And you're playing either the U.S., whom say no more, <laughs> Kevin Durant. We, I mean, he lost his, you know, he lost his mind yesterday, and he looks. Yeah. He's got a look in his eye now where, yeah, you. That's not a guy you want to be playing against. And and Spain, whom, I mean, if we do, if we do manage to to play them, if they somehow manage to upset the states. The, the blood will be boiling <laughs> yeah, with the that's opportunity right. to play them for a, for a spot in a gold medal game, them in particular with our recent <laughs> history. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, that's glancing ahead in the bracket, which is always dangerous to do, but that's what, you know, we have the opportunity to do now that the draw is done and we've got it in our hands. And, and above that, I think you look at it and we go, well, it's not Luca right now it's not france who look just nightmarish to play well, against right now yeah the one the one team you don't want to play is slovenia right now 
that is the one team you do not want to play. So the fact that you have ended up on the other side, that is a victory in and of itself. <laughs> so I let's think 16 and 0 with Luca. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, there's no doubt. It is, you know, I know Mike Toby is a great player. They've added him to the mix, um, or at least he's revealed himself to be a great player. Uh, there is the Luka Doncic factor is unbelievable. Uh, you know, Slovenia, you go, you go back a ways, you know, since they gained, uh, you know, since the breakup of the former Yugoslavia and they've had some good teams, you know, 2010, uh, they were good uh, at all of these world cups. They've had good teams. It's not like, you know, 2006, they had a good team. Um but, you know, in the qualifiers for the World Cup, for the Eurobasket, yeah, they're kind of so-so. Uh, you bring Doncic into it, and it's like they are the world beaters. They are just a completely different team. And it's, it's incredible how much – to me, it seems like they're a teammate of Luka Doncic, and they feel like they're unbeatable. They really do. And today, mm. the, way they, the way they survived uh, against Spain was, for me, I've never seen a team – overcome that type of Spanish effort, uh, you know, that focus, the way that Spain were on top of them. I mean, that was an experienced Spanish team and even they couldn't beat Slovenia. So I don't know what we read into this, but man, Slovenia are just incredible. There was so much to unpack from that, that game today. I mean, the, the way um, Spain came out and defended Luca, you know, where they ran numbers yeah. at him and then they tried to force him downhill. They tried, they gave him the opportunities to look, we're going to come after you. If you want to split this double, go right ahead because we're going to be early on the rotation and we're going to take that hit down the numbers. And it worked to perfection in that opening quarter. I was, I was wow. amazed that he was, he was out there still after he picked up the second and that gave the yeah. opportunity for the third foul and he, and he got it. Yeah. Um, you tweeted about the conversation walking off court. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, and that, and yet, Luca, to his great credit, was able to overcome all of those schemes and strategies and can just have that massive impact throughout the rest of the game without fouling out. Yeah, just tremendous. Um, I remember Scariolo gambled, or maybe he just didn't realize back in 2012, he left Mark Gasol out there with three fouls and he picked up a fourth foul on the first half. And that would have been you know, you were like, he'll never finish the game. Why did he do that? He, in fact, he ended up playing, he played well. And I guess Doncic, the reality is he's able to play because he came back into the game, didn't he? Because it was mm -hmm. looking pretty, yeah. came it was back looking in the pretty iffy. So, you know, the coach trusted in him. And um, yeah, I, I just feel like Spain were completely prepared. You know, they missed some shots, uh, but I think Slovenia have shown that you have to play 40 minutes against them. They're not going to go away. And I've never seen a team that looks relatively comfortable being down six, seven points late in the game. They were mm. mentally so tough. Um, so especially Toby and Chanchar and Prepolic. I mean, we all know Prepolic is just this incredible talent shooting the basketball uh, maybe wasn't as precise today, but again, it's that Doncic factor. I, I just, I've never seen it. I've never seen a, a team like Slovenia. All of a sudden, they get a teammate like Luka Doncic, and they feel like they can mm. beat anybody. It's unbelievable. Mm. 
Mm. They grow, they become 10 feet tall. It was, that was a great game. I loved watching that game. It was my favorite game, I think, to watch of the tournament. The, the Boomers games, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm, <laughs> I'm losing my biscuits throughout when things go right and I'm breaking things yeah. and they go wrong. And it's not a good place to be when I'm, I'm, you know, around me as I'm watching those games. But that game was, was fun because, yes, the loser was going to be one of our potential matchups in the quarterfinals. But they're both just super quality teams that would have been a, a tough matchup. And my mentality was, well, whatever. I'm not really cheering for one or the other of these teams to win for the boomers sake, whatever it will be, it will be. And it was just two really high quality teams, well coached with elite top end talent and one just absolute megastar whose game translates of course to the FIBA game magnificently and just going toe to toe all the way down the stretch it was that was a that was a great game yeah it really was but um hey here we are i mean it's uh again germany you know uh even i don't think anybody i didn't give them a chance going into the olympic qualifying tournament to win uh they have bonded they've come together so you know just don't write off their chances you know what slovenia that would be the worst thing in the world if somehow you relax mentally going up against that Germany team, mm. um, I'm not even sure Henrik Rudel would have had a job if they hadn't won that Olympic qualifying tournament, honestly. Mm. So the fact that they've come together, uh, it's fantastic for them. And we haven't really spoken about Italy that much. You, you know, you've seen Italy. We've yep. all seen Italy play. They're, they're a tough team. So in France, we'll know that. France will know that through years of experience, they better be ready. But I, I just think all bets are off for, I think, almost all of these quarterfinals. I, I really find it difficult to feel confident about which team is going to win which game. I really do. I mean, the balance in this tournament is just remarkable. That being said, do, do me the favor of l- looking at this hypothetical, that, that France, Slovenia, USA and Australia advance. Okay. They're the four teams that were in the in the pot D, the sort of top seeded teams coming out of the group phase. And I think they're the four teams. If like a gun was put to any of our heads, we would probably say. I mean, do you, is that what you would say? That if you know, if you had to get it right in advance, looking at these quarterfinal matchups, that that they're the teams you suspect will advance. I, I suspect Slovenia. We'll definitely advance. Uh, I've got a, a lingering doubt about France uh, just because I've seen Italy play up close in person at the Olympic qualifying tournament in Belgrade. And I just think their coach really knows his team well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I, I just think Spain, USA is a toss up. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think mentally, probably the USA believes they're going to get one over on them because they just continually beat them. And I think Australia will win against Argentina. Um, hey, my, my pre-tournament pick was Australia being Slovenia in the final. So it's a possibility, certainly, oh, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of ho- hope it happens for different reasons, but I know, I know what it would mean for both of these teams to win the Olympic gold medal. Uh, I just feel like all the pain suffered by the boomers over the years, it feels like they're owed something. So mm. I'm hope- I, I do kind of hope that's how, how it works out. Um, have you been watching the women's? I have, yeah. 
what, what, what's what's your take on on the Opals? Obviously, the the uh, they're zero and two. They've got the game against Puerto Rico coming up, which yeah. I mean, I haven't had a close look at all the permutations, but one thing they know is that they're going to have to win by a big margin. I think they're going to know the margin that they're going to need by the time they tip off in an effort yeah. to try to advance. They had the huge disruption in advance of the tournament and the, and the massive impact of the loss of Liz Cambage. But even without her, they've, I think they've really underwhelmed, you know, they just haven't really played well. Well, what's your take on, on the tournament that they've had thus far? You know, I'm not, I'm not surprised that, that they've struggled. Um, I, I do like to go back to 2014 when they lost Cambage before the world cup and when mm-hmm. Brendan was coaching and mm-hmm. I think in many ways that was uh, addition by subtraction. They just seemed to elevate. And I saw obviously just for some reason now, I think talent is an issue. I'm not sure they have the talent. Um, It's, but I think mentally, I think mentally this team has gotten a lot stronger after what happened the other day against China. And that was a tough way to go out against China. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That was, that was scripted for Australia to win this incredible game with Jenna O'Hay hitting those jump shots. Mm. Um, you know, so I th- obviously they're going to win their game against Puerto Rico. Um, I think that they're probably not as – they're not 15 points worse than Belgium, even though Belgium, you know, they, they kind of pulled away right at the end. Mm-hmm. I think if somehow – I think if somehow Australia can survive and get into that quarterfinals, you know, they might have a chance of – of, of getting to the, the semifinals, but um, I don't think they have any reason to hang their heads. I mean, they've have to, they've had to overcome the ultimate controversy of losing arguably the best women's player in the world, if not one of the top five players in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, it's, it's just a shame they didn't come out and play better in the second half against China and they, and they kind of left too much work for themselves to do at the end. Uh, I would hope that Beck Allen, could maybe provide a little bit more offense. I think that's maybe one element that, you know, she really needs to kind of take a leadership role from a scoring standpoint. You know, that when you talk about the Australian men, you, you know, that Pat Mills is that guy. Well, I personally think that Beck Allen could be that type of person for Australia. So uh, she hasn't really poured in the points overall, mm-hmm. like you would expect, but mm-hmm. um, you know, and I also had questions about the backcourt, but actually uh, Ebsery, was pleasantly surprising for me the way that she performed at the end of that China game. So I think she had a really solid performance to build on. Um, I liked how she was really going hard to the basket. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a missed opportunity. There's no doubt losing that game was, was, was cruel. Mm. That's about as cruel as it comes. Didn't Australia win a, a, a crazy game at the end at the 2012 Olympics against Brazil with like a Belinda Snell full court heave or, or am I, was that at the end of the first half or something? No, I think you might be. I think you might be right. Yeah, I mean, your your memory on these things is absolutely unbelievable. Well, no, it's, um, it's just you've been to me. in yeah. the in the arena for most of these yeah. most of these games. And can I say, as we touch on that, how much we're missing you, not being at oh. these games, man. You're the, you're I know, the I'm missing fever for all of us. I'm missing it myself. I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things. It's funny. I, I actually got to call games at the Sydney Olympics and the Athens Olympics. And that was, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, you know, 
my, my bosses aren't controlling the uh, the commentary. I think otherwise I would probably have a chance to be there, but I'm not complaining because the games that I do get to call, whether it's the FIBA Olympic qualifying tournaments or the Eurobaskets or the Asia Cups, I, I love doing all of that stuff. I'll be at the Afrobasket coming up in Rwanda. So that's, I'm really looking forward to that. And it's kind of nice to sit back and watch all this action unfold though. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I look. I looked I up. It. I looked up that Belinda Stell shot. It was in the preliminary rounds against France. You're right. Be just beyond half court, tied it, forced it to OT. Uh, the Opals went down by four. Okay. Um, but uh, that China game, I actually felt, in the end, with what Jenna did at the end of that game, I thought, great, this game deserves OT. That was an epic finish. Yeah. Yeah. And they've, they've, I think they've done what they need to do to force OT here. I think maybe Kayla George, if she had her time again, probably wouldn't front in the post there. And China did a great job of clearing out and they got that entry. But but at the same time, I feel like if Australia, if the Opals had won that game, it, w- it would have been a robbery because China outplayed them yeah. throughout. That's a good point. Yeah, right? China right were kind of like... That final minute. Yeah, they were trying to throw it away at the end, weren't they? But I mean, mm. Jenna hit Jenna hit a couple of incredible shots, really. I mean, you know, those, those weren't easy shots to make. Um, I, you know, analyzing these last second calls, I, I just don't like giving these referees a hard time. I, I know Mr. Bogut loves to. That's he feeds <laughs> off that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, you got a forty-minute game. And when I go to these tournaments, I see how these referees are absolutely raked over the coals. Well, that's probably being a bit too harsh when they when they're evaluated at the end of games and they go over and they're critiqued by their superiors and where you got it right, where you got it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, They're not trying to get these things wrong. So uh, would I should that game have gone to overtime? I think it should have. You know, I wouldn't have made that call. And the guy, the the referee down the on the baseline didn't make the call. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, so that that made it cruel in nature. So, mm. but that's that's basketball, you know. And again, you can't you it can't is. rely on a referee's call at the end of the game to to get you to overtime. You got to play better for the for the entire game. A hundred percent. And they ha- and they haven't done that. And you said it on you said it on Twitter. You've got to be great. They've been good at times, but you've got to be great at this at this level at this tournament. And other teams are, and especially with the Opals, they've been at that top end for so long teams are, are coming for you, you know, in that matchup yeah, right. and bringing their best. And that was a, just an, a massive, massive win for Belgium. And you need to be ready to, to meet that. It was a massive win for China and the Opals just haven't been at that level. Well, you know what? I think it kind of makes you appreciate and you can't take anything away from this current Opals team because they're doing their best. They're working hard, but you simply, in Australia, I'm guessing that, you know, there's no issue about respecting these players that came before. But when you look back at Christy Herrer, for me, she was like the ultimate warrior point guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did not want to play against her. Mm-hmm. Um, you look back at Lauren Jackson, you know, she, you know, some people are going to say she's the greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look back at Belinda Snell, who had that incredible semifinal against Brazil in the 2006 World Cup when you guys won the title. You look at Penny Taylor. I mean, th- this is like this special group of players. It's, it's tough. They raised the bar really high. And mm. maybe it's not fair to expect this Opals team to be at that level. If you have Cambage and she's playing at the level and, and they're able to like get that uh, synergy and and they're all on the same page. Well, yeah, then you got possibilities, but it just hasn't worked out, and it's uh, the biggest waste of uh, of talent 
maybe in the history of international women's basketball that this has happened. And mm. um, it's, it's, it's tragic, but you can't say that you're surprised that it's happened uh, now. You know, I mean, this thing has been bubbling over for several years now. So maybe the only criticism I would have would be, you know, you never put all your eggs in one basket. You know, everybody has to elevate. And I remember when Brendan coached uh, Australia, you know, without her, they were great at the World Cup. They were the second best team behind the USA, even though they got third place. They were the, be- yeah. they were the second best team. They gave the Americans yeah. their hardest game. Mm. And then you bring Liz back into it. And um, it's kind of like everything goes through her. So it's just uh, maybe that's just a lesson to be learned, you know. I, don't I know. agree. I agree. I remember at times watching in that that uh, 2016 Rio campaign, thinking there were a lot of histrionics and theatrics taking place, and 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 at times I felt like, you know what, you need to bring her out of the game. You need to roll. You know, like and and um, there's this like a little bit of extra accountability. Now it's so easy to do from the cheap seats and the armchair in your lounge room. Of course. And, you're not dealing with those relationships and the emotions of that in the, um, that are at a heightened level in the, in the heat of competition. Um, but yes, I actually thought coming into this tournament, thinking back on all of those experiences after the fact that Liz was out saying, you know what, this, this could be, this could be okay. You know, like, yeah. yes, they're missing a massive talent, but, and then they come out against the U S in the warm up games and they beat them. And, and mm. I think the blueprint was there to say, this is how we're, they're going to play without Liz. They're going to spread the floor. There's going to be driving lanes um, and everybody's going to be able to be at their best. And then I think the thing that maybe is flying a little under the radar for them in the analysis of it all is, is the impact of the, of the loss of Steph Talbot. Yeah. Very, oh yeah. 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 Great point. Didn't have was... game one banged up, didn't play much in game two. And, you talk about kind of guys, the people that can create and, and make things out of nothing um, and be a kind of a, a go-to target at the offensive end. And she would have been that for us and hasn't been able to, to bring it, unfortunately. You know, what's been kind of surprising to me has been uh, Alana Smith. I mean, uh-huh. I, I assumed like a, a few years ago, she, when she was kind of coming into her own at Stanford and everything that, she was going to be the next big thing and she hasn't really gotten minutes or whatever. And that's not to question Sandy or anything, but you know, I would have said, wow, she's going to be a major player in this team in a few years. And she hasn't been, uh, but as McBeggar has, uh, certainly she was, you know, if there's any good to come out of this Australia team is you have seen the emergence of, uh, Ezzy, And mm-hmm. I think maybe even more so than, than we would have had Liz played, mm. um, and, you know, so sometimes you just have to take your lumps and hopefully uh, you'll get better. And it's unfortunate that Talbot has what some type of, it looks like she has some type of foot injury or mm, mm. fasciitis or something. If that's the case, man, that's, that's painful. Uh, who are the next, who are the next uh, Opals that are coming up? I think you got some good young players coming up. So sure. I mean, there are some names that, that could have been in this team, you know, the, the where people look at the selection element, they go, well, Shyla Hill and Lauren Nicholson and the, the decision about Sammy Whitcomb, like there's, there were some other ways to go potentially. So, you know, we're yeah. not lacking for talent. It just hasn't come together. And, and I think the other thing is it's not over, you know, I mean, I don't know. Again, we see, we'll see what happens against Puerto Rico. If they can 
if they can somehow, like you say, survive in advance and get into that quarterfinals. That's all that matters. Yeah, you that is not a team you want to you've won your way through, maybe gone undefeated through the group stage, and now you draw the opals. You the absolutely quarter. don't want that. You absolutely don't want it. And I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's if, if Australia, if uh, karma works their way, I, I, you know, Puerto Rico can actually be dangerous, believe it or not. We haven't seen it at this Olympics, but remembering how they played, I was with them uh, in Australia in Bourges when they played at the FIBA Women's Olympic Qualifying Tournament. And they're, you know, they, I think they're better than what they've shown. So don't think that's a, an immediate W, first of all, and don't think you're going to run up the score on them. <laughs> uh, it's not like some, they owe you anything. So um, how about Spain, though? Wow. Spain yeah. are showing, hey, you know, how do you feel about that? I mean, they, the likelihood that they won't be at the World Cup. I mean, that's, that's it's unthinkable, isn't it? It really uh, is, yeah. I mean, the, I... the way things happened at the Eurobasket women. But um, so we'll see how it plays out, man. Our fingers are crossed for the Opals that they can get through. And and uh, and we're pumped to see how things will play out with the men and the boomers and Argentina. And we um, we appreciate your vote of confidence in our squad and, and also your, <laughs> your, your empathy for all of us, for what our, our boomers fans have been through over the journey, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll be, I have to be honest. I'll be happy either way. I, I like Argentina as well. I'm a big fan of Hernandez, but I, I really do feel like, come on, Australia, let's go. Let's get the, let's get the job done this year. It's go time. That, that's how I feel. We need some silverware. It it's time for some silverware. Jeff, thanks mate. Great to chat. Awesome to have you on. And um, I'm glad we could do this. We'll, let's, uh, let's do this again soon. My pleasure, Liam. Thanks a lot. Best Appreciate of luck. It.